Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jock Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome, my friends, to episode 38 of Jock Talk. I hope you are prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so as uh, me and Big Joe and the Big Rig bring the show to you. What up, Doc? What up? Let's rock. Yeah, y'all be careful. The man told me he had some caffeine today, so ain't no telling what he come up with. Just a little uh, bit. Just when y'all fart. <laughs> uh, I always like to remind you, you can follow me on Twitter, JJT Journalist. Uh, please do so. If you think you followed me, you don't, because my account got deleted, so follow me again. It's JJT Journalist. I am Jean-Jacques Taylor is the handle. Uh, we're moving into the holiday season. This is a great time to pick up my book. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, and the Make It a Man, wherever you find your books, Walmart, Barnes & Noble. I spent the 2022 season at Jackson State with uh, full access to the program. Deion gave that to me. And uh, if you want to know everything about what makes him a dynamic coach, uh, you'll find it in this book. Now, I would like to tell you, if you're ever in an accident, and you're in trouble if you hadn't written his phone number down, if you're involved in an accident, and it doesn't matter whether you're in a car and somebody hits you like an 18-wheeler, whether you're in a hospital and there's been some malpractice, anything. If you've been involved in some type of accidents due to somebody else's negligence, what you got to do is pick up the phone and dial 972-934-8900. That's Greening Law. You tell them your situation. If they bring you on as a client, good days are coming for you. And here's why. Anytime you're involved in a lawsuit, dog, it's this long, drawn-out, tedious process. Complicated, man. A lot of paperwork, a lot of things you got to do. Green and Law takes care of all of that. Uh, they want you to focus on two things and two things only. Rest and renewal. Get your body right. Get your mind back right. Go back to the life that you lived before somebody else's negligence changed all that for you. They walk you through the process, literally. They hold your hand. They tell you, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to walk forward. You need to take a left right here. Hold tight. Now you need to take a right. They do that for you the whole way. Uh, The thing I love about a man, they don't get paid unless you get paid. So you don't ever have to wonder, hey, this is big law firm. They really working for me. Where am I on the priority list? You at the top, man, because they don't get paid unless you get paid. They want a win-win for everybody. And that's why they're there to me. A person you should call if you're ever involved in an accident and it's not your fault. 972-934-8900. Hey, Doc, we got what we want. Dallas Cowboys got what they wanted. It took a minute, but they got what they wanted. They have Philadelphia at 10-2 and two, coming to Dallas at 9-3. First place, NFC East on the line. Let's not look into the future about whether they're going to keep first place. To me, that's irrelevant. Win the game, and this time, you know, next week, be in first place. You know, actually be a little later because it's a Sunday night game. 
But by the time Sunday ends next week, beat the Eagles. Have you beat them? One point, 10 points, 20 points, don't matter. Stake your claim to first place. Beat a quality team with a winning record. And let's just see how the last month play out. What you think? Oh, yeah. They got what they wanted. It's all up to them now. You went out, you might do some things. Um, the fact that Jalen was hurt today and he had to step out and come back in, that worries me for Philadelphia. Good for Dallas, bad for Philadelphia. But we got, we got. Yeah, we, I mean, he. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I said, like, well, you know, he, he came back in. So, I mean, I think he'd be all right. Uh, he tends to, uh, you know, I mean, you've been saying it for weeks. He run the ball. He has these issues from time to time. It just come with the come with the dinner if Jalen is your quarterback because of the style that he plays. Yeah. And so uh, you you just have to accept that the Eagles do. And so uh, and so it's all good. But uh, the game today, and and we're gonna take a take a couple of different looks at this game. And here's why: at one level. It's about the Eagles and, and what you think about the Eagles and, and how that relates to the Cowboys. At another level, it's about the 49ers because you can say what you want to. All of a sudden, we didn't looked up. They didn't want four in a row. And more importantly, uh, they got a weird schedule. They won their first five, then they lost three in a row, primarily because of injuries. Now they didn't want four in a row. But they, we, we can pretty much agree that the top three teams in the NFC are Dallas, San Francisco, Philadelphia. We gave Dallas the side eye because San Francisco beat them 42 to 10. But San Francisco just beat the hell out of Philadelphia 42-19 in Philly. And so now you got to look at San Francisco and be like, well, damn, we all been thinking about the road goes through Philadelphia, maybe the road go through San Francisco. Um, we're going to get into all of that over the next hour. But right now, I'm curious, 42-19, um, what were your thoughts on the game? I was, I was thinking the wrong thing. And what I mean by that is I don't really have grudges against teams as I do when fans <laughs> get on my damn nerves, you know. So uh, I got some good friends that are 49er fans. But I can't stand their ass during football season. So I was like, come on, come on, Eagles, let's let's do this. And then I realized the ramifications of the game, and I was like, oh no, I don't I am cheering for the wrong side. All right, then let's 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 kick their butt. Come on, 49. I'd rather pull for the Eagles than the 49ers, but today I was on it for the 49ers, and it shocked me because they moved the ball, the Eagles moved the ball so easy. Them first two drives, and they come up with field goals. And then the adjustments was made, and the 49, 49ers just showed you who they was. So it was crazy. Yeah, to me, that's uh, that was the interesting thing about the game, is that uh, when you looked at that first quarter, you're like, oh, my God. Philadelphia's going to bust their ass. They're going to win the game. Dallas going to be in trouble because now there's really, even if you beat them, you're still a game back. If you look at the schedules realistically, uh, Dallas is not going to win the East. Uh, you know, because Philadelphia came right out, went 12 plays, 67 yards, but they had to settle for a field goal. Where have we heard that before when we talk about the Cowboys' red zone offense? Because they had uh, first and 10 at the 11, had to settle for a field goal. Then, three and out, and you're like, damn, they came to play. 
Then they went 12 plays, 53 yards, and had to settle for another field goal. And at that point, um, they got yet another three and out. Uh, and so it was 6 nothing at the end of the first quarter, dog. But it felt like it was 28 to nothing. Uh, but what we say it all the time, man, we score field goals instead of kicking touchdowns. You allow the team to hang around. And then they finally punted. Uh, and then San Francisco went on a long drive, 11 plays, 84 yards. Uh, big play. Uh, they converted a third down early uh, in the drive to keep it going. Uh, you know, and they end up uh, they end up scoring a touchdown. They made it 14. I mean, they made it 7-6 in Dub. From there on in, man, it was basically a uh, Philadelphia, I mean, a San Francisco butt kicking. Uh, 14-6 at halftime. They came right out in the third quarter, went on a uh, seven-play, 75-yard drive. Debo Samuel went around the end on the end around the way he does it for a touchdown. That made it 21-6, and uh, it was basically over at that point, man. Yep. Um, you know, it was it was just, you know, they they put on the show, and, and they did it with their stars. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was phenomenal, 17 for 93. He also caught three passes for 40 yards. Brock Purdy, 19 of 27, 314, four touchdowns. Woo! And then uh, your boy Debo. Let me piggyback on something you said, man. When you were saying that when they lost them three games, it was injuries. Yes, sir. But not only did they get their people back, them fools added Chase Young. Who was a factor to that? Well, you know, it's – it was a good, you know, Chase Young, and we talked about this once before, is that, you know, sometimes cats don't thrive in losing environments when they've been used to nothing but winning environments. Sometimes they overcome it and they, they can thrive in losing environment. Uh, he may have been a cat who couldn't thrive in a losing environment. Plus, he came to a winning environment with his boy, Nick Bosa, who he played with at Ohio State. Yep. And sometimes you just, if you get reunited with your boy, you'd be like, dog, this is all you got to do on the defense, man. Just blase, blase, blase. It'd be just like we was at those state, man. Da, 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 da. And uh, all of that, change of scenery, good team, reunited with your boy, all of that can lead to you becoming, you know, much more the, the player you were supposed to be than the disappointment you were in Washington. Plus, yeah. You're on a really good defense where you ain't got to feel like, you know, the best the knock on him in uh, Washington was he would do his own thing to go get a sack and yep. make a play. Well, in San Francisco, you got so many good players on your team. You ain't, you, I think you're much less likely to freelance because, number one, Fred Warner, somebody might say, hey, Doug, what's your problem? I don't know what you used to do. Here, this is the way we run the defense. And because they've been successful, you'd be like, oh, my bad. Let me let me do what we're supposed to do. Or you just have much more confidence in your teammates. And so you you stick to the script instead of freelancing. And it and that makes you a better player. Well, it's, so, two, it's two words we used to use in the Army and in football. Belief and accountability. Those are two words right there. They work in a unit and on the football right. team. Belief and accountability calls. You got to believe in your mission or your defense. And you can be a, you be held accountable by your teammate or another soldier about what you do within the mission. So yeah, he 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 get, he believing where he at. Cause guess what? If you ain't making a play, everybody been to the Super Bowl but you. Everybody been successful but you. 
So you accountable. That's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and that was uh, – uh, that that ends up being part of their defensive effort because they held uh, Philadelphia 18 carries, 46 yards. Jalen Hurts threw for 298 yards, but he needed 45 attempts. Uh, sacked three times, one interception. Um, you know. They put it on him uh, at so he home. Was a, you they know. put him on him at, put it on him at home. Yeah, Philadelphia kind of lost a little bit of their depth because I think the the Hargrave, uh, the defensive tackle, he's at San Francisco now. That was a big signing for them. You know, and right. I, I, I don't know. You probably know better than me about intelligence from other players. How well does that work in the NFL sometimes? When you when you when a guy goes like the guy from Philadelphia, Hargrave went to went to San Francisco, how much impact does that have on the game? We think it has a lot. You, like how him, much, you know, how much does it help in like the game? Like him telling them what they're doing? Yeah. No, I don't I don't think it helps at all. I mean when I say at all, I mean it may help two or three or four percent. I don't think it's a big deal. I think he can I think uh I mean coaches study film all the time. Uh, I yeah. mean, you can tell them there may be some tells you can tell them like, hey, you know, this guy when he does this with his left pinky finger, it means they're gonna pass. You might yeah. get some tells like that. Every uh, everything helps. General, yeah. 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 No, I mean everything helps, but I don't think it's the uh I don't think it's the big deal. I don't think uh and this is just based off of years of talking to folks. I've never I've never had a conversation where somebody said, Oh, we got that guy and he gave us so much great information that, you know, it really it really helped us. Cause the the other thing is your team knows you over there, so they changed a lot of the stuff. Right, right. That right. You may have given them anyway. So yeah. You know, but again, some it may help you with some some just some straight up uh, individual stuff from time yeah. to time. But yeah. I don't think I don't think it's the difference between winning and losing. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So you know, it's uh, so it's interesting to me where we at now. Uh, Philadelphia, they look vulnerable, but you know the thing is, they were playing their third game in thirteen days. Uh, San Francisco had had ten days off to get ready for them. And so you don't know how big a factor that was in the game. Uh, but they gave up 146 yards rushing. That's a big number. Uh, they gave up, uh, what's the number I'm looking for? 456 yards, 8 of 11 on third down, 24 first downs. <laughs> they got dug up, man. Listen, and that was a stretch. Listen, man, I hear it, like, hey, I hear it all the time from Philadelphia fans. We don't, I don't never respond to their crap, but the Cowboys lose. I get three or four posts and all that stuff. I hope that this ass whooping that they got feel every bit as bad as that 49 or 42 to 10. I hope they feeling every inch of that, dog. I hope they felt the whole belt tonight. That's what I hope. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of like when your boy Tony Soprano whooped that dude for sleeping with his mistress. Ah, uh, we ain't talking about that. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about some ass whooping <laughs> where where you where you feel the belt, the holes in the belt, the buckle and everything. That what yeah. you that was you supposed to get. Uh, no, they did, man. Because like I said, once they were down six nothing, they went. This is what this is what happened when San Francisco was down six nothing. 11 plays, 85 yards, touchdown. 10 plays, 90 yards, touchdown. 
Seven plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Five plays, 77 yards, touchdown. Twelve plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Two plays, uh, 48 yards, touchdown. End of game. I mean, damn. That, I mean, that was, that's as decisive as it gets. And so, uh, you you know, and the problem for uh, Philadelphia is that now you have to play, you have to take that physical butt kicking because San Francisco, we all know, plays a very physical style. And you got to show up in Dallas next week with the Cowboys having had 10 days uh, to rest for you. Now, an interesting thing, man, is that um, if you look at the big, the big picture in the NFC, with uh, Philadelphia ten and two as the number one seed right now, Dallas at nine and three, San Francisco nine and three. San Francisco only a game back, duh. And they got the Rams, the Raiders, the Broncos, the Chargers. They're going to be favored in all of those games. I don't expect them to lose any of those games unless they want to sit somebody uh, the last week to make sure they they straight for the playoffs. So to me. They could very well end up the season being fourteen and three, and they would have the number one seed over uh, Philadelphia because they beat them head to head. Um, now Philadelphia's got Dallas, then they got at Seattle, and then they got two games against the Giants, one against uh, the Cardinals. We all expect them to win those last three, but now if they lose to Dallas. Um, you know, they could find themselves as a two seed. And so things can just get a little tricky here for them right quick. And then there's Detroit, which is on the – which is, uh, you know, they, they won the day against uh, New Orleans, 33-28. They got the Bears, the Broncos, the Vikings, the Cowboys, the Vikings. Um, I don't see the – I don't see uh, Detroit winning out. Um, so I don't think they're going to get the one or the two seed, but you know they could certainly go um, twelve and uh, thirteen and four because if you look at the Bears, the Broncos, the Vikings, the Vikings, all of those games are going to be favored to win, and then the only one that night is going to be probably Dallas in Dallas on New Year's Eve. So uh, the NFC East man, it's going to be a very interesting race. Um, I still think, as you as you talk about the Cowboys, this is about them running their race and doing uh, all the things that they're supposed to do. But uh, you know, Philly, I didn't. I thought it'd be a great game. I didn't expect Philly to get dominated, so I have to take a kind of another look at this whole NFC. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I didn't expect to be dominated. I didn't expect them to beat up on them either. But now, now you get the feeling that it's going. Everything going through San Francisco. Long as they stay healthy. Yep, and uh, they and I ain't breaking no news here. Okay, uh, right now because sport is fluid. What's true today might not be tomorrow. True tomorrow, a week from now, a month from now, etc. Uh, but when you done blown blown out the other two top teams in the conference, I don't know how anybody can sit there and say with a straight face, San Francisco is not the best team in the NFC, and they're the team to beat, and they're mm. the team that's the most dangerous right Man. now. Yeah. And um, that that they're the team. Ain't nobody, whether it's Dallas or Philadelphia right now, looking to see. Because what did San Francisco do, man? San Francisco spent all week saying, hey, y'all, that shit last year was a fluke. Only reason y'all won was Brock Purdy got hurt. We coming to Philadelphia to show y'all that it was a fluke. 
Then dog, they showed up and proved it. Yeah, they uh, talked to talk, walked to so, walk. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, yep. it's gonna be a happy six-hour plane ride home. Uh, so, um, San Francisco, right now, today, they appear to me to be the team to beat. Um, and you got to deal with them one way or the other, whether you deal with them before the NFC Championship game or you deal with them in the NFC Championship game. You can't get where you're trying to go without dealing with them San Francisco 49ers. That's the way it seems to me uh, today. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because I think a lot of people are like, hey, I don't care if uh, Philly's the number one seed and Dallas has to go play to Philly. I feel like uh, I, think, I think Cowboy fans were like, I feel like we can go there and beat them. We've had success in the link. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. That's not the case in San Francisco lately. So, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see how it shakes out over the next few weeks. But it's clear to me. It should be clear, to y'all. San Francisco is where it's at. And I got a weird question for you. What color is that that, that they wear with red? What color is that? Is gold. it beige? Is it taupe? Is it's not gold? Is it copper? I wonder what they call it. I don't know. I always thought it was gold. So if it looked gold, it's gold. It seemed like it should have been. That's that. It that's should have seemed like it should have been gold because it's it's the 49ers and they were searching for gold in 1849. But I don't know. Uh, I, you know, these are the weird things that's that pop more, in my head from that's time more, to time. That's more of a metrosexual question right there. I don't. If it looked gold, it's gold. You know what, I don't man? Know. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, you, hey, you are what you are, dog. I don't know. I'm just saying, you know. You know, I get my, I, I, I cut my nails. You get a pedicure. It's, it is what it is, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm up, I'm up here. I'm sitting up here looking for it right now, man. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's see, it's some kind of weird color. It's topaz or something. Okay, we. It's gold. If they forty niners, it's gold. But you want to know the exact actual, actual color? Is it you gonna paint your wall with that? You going yeah, to deep man. boy and get that? Or I, something? I, I might, man. Uh, you know, you, you could. You I, might I might could do that. Play it with you. Okay, know, paint so your you wall know. and then do you little. What is that? Uh, I didn't mean to say little. That's I know you don't like. That. I was gonna say. Yeah, I was yeah. just finna get off. You yeah, was, you was. You was gonna. Okay. Off, you was gonna get off what? You was gonna do Nothing, what? Man. Yeah. Was, anyway, yeah. God, hey, man. Man. We, <laughs> damn. Damn. <laughs> Oh, you was gonna play uh, you. What is that? Uh, what is that? That uh, aroma stuff. Aromatherapy, dog. There you go. Aromatherapy. Okay, you are correct. Yeah, you are correct. Yeah, we, we off ramp, huh? Yeah, I went with it's you. A, yeah, All we right, didn't took ahead. off ramp. <laughs> it's a it's a shade of gold. So yes, it is a shade of gold. It's gold, but you want to call it tofu or something? What would you call it? Not taupe. Uh, taupe. But you know, maybe the pants are taupe. But, you know, it is what it is, man. Uh, Let's move on, though. Yeah, for real. To the big controversy of the day. Uh, You got a little, little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Short with me, man. Uh, We finna talk about college football. I got short with me. Oh, okay. I I remember. Because uh, it's, uh, I mean, I, you know, college football announced its playoff pairings today. And uh, at one level, I was surprised. At one level, I wasn't surprised. Most of you know by now that the final uh, rankings were number one, Michigan. And I actually have a bit of a problem with that. Number two, Washington. I could have really made a case for Washington being the number one seed. Uh, Number three, Texas. And then number four, Alabama. Um, Now, check this out, man. Uh, So, left out 
was Florida State, and we're gonna get into all of this, which I th- who I think got hosed, and then Georgia, uh, which I didn't think got hosed. And for those of you talking about Ohio State, Ohio State was never even in the question to me, man. Uh, once you lost to Michigan, that was your elimination game. Boop, you go. You, you can make a just case like for, the, you can make a case for Ohio State, but yeah. You, I mean, yeah, you could, um, but I mean, the way, I mean, you're just making the case because that's your team, or you know, to me, and not because you really think. Like I don't, uh, the way it's set up to me, and the way I viewed it, and I think everybody should have viewed it like this. <laughs> like, um, you know, we we can go into it. So Michigan, Michigan goes in, they undefeated Big Ten champ. I got no problem with that. All right? They earned that. Washington, undefeated Pac-10 champ. They deserve to go in. I got no problem with that, man. Um, and then you ended up with four teams vying for two spots. And, you know, I really have a hard time. Let's, let's do it like this. Uh, Texas goes in. I didn't have no problem with Texas going in. They won the Big 12. They won it convincingly in the championship, blew out Oklahoma State. Not that Oklahoma State is some good team, but they ended up in the championship game, and they did what they should have done to a team like Oklahoma State. Because we've seen Texas not blow out bad teams or average teams. We've seen them jump out the leads and then give it up and have to fight and scrap for it at the end. Um, I had no sympathy for Georgia because um, Georgia didn't play anybody this year except the people in their conference. They didn't tax themselves at all. And we really spent much of the year talking about how Georgia ain't really seemed to put it together yet. Like they haven't really beaten. I mean, they haven't really beat people the way they beat them the last couple of years. They're winning, but they're, they're like Philadelphia been doing lately. They, had, they weren't winning impressively. They were winning, so they get credit for that, but it wasn't impressive. Um, and then Alabama wins the SEC championship game. And all along, and you can tell me what you think, I thought if Alabama's in, then Texas got to get in since Texas beat them. And so I don't really have a problem. Well, I mean, I do with the four. I just have – I don't like the fact that you say Florida State – that's just your boy. I don't like the fact that you say Florida State is undefeated and they deserve to be in there, but they lost their quarterback – and so that's why we're taking them out. And then you say that, and then you, and, and then the next breath, people who say, yeah, that's a good choice say, well, yeah, they got no offense, and so they can't win a game. They're going to get beat 40 to nothing by, uh, if you put them in there by Michigan. And, duh, let me just tell you this, and then I'm going to let you talk, I promise, because I have a question for you. You and I both know styles make fights, and I'm here to tell you Yes, if you put Florida State against Washington, maybe they get run ruled. If you put them against Texas, maybe they get run ruled. Maybe, maybe not. But if you put them in the number four slot where they were going, and you put them against Michigan, dude, they could beat Michigan because Michigan's offense is not that great. Michigan's offense is average. You can win with defense and special teams. And so the last thing I say about that is, Doug, how many times in our lifetime have we said, oh, this team could never win, and then they go out and win? A lot of times. Um, 
what that what that stuff with Florida State reminds me of was when uh, Kenyon Martin got hurt for Cincinnati in basketball. And uh, right. they were supposed to be the number one seed, and I think they ended – I can't remember. They ended up getting three or four, which make a big difference in the NCAA tournament. And I, right. I thought then, like I think now, you earn your way into something, into your seed. It don't matter if you lose a player. Your seeding is what you earn. So I thought Florida yeah. State should have been in regardless. I, I, if they got to bump Texas, they bump Texas. If they got to bump Alabama, they bump Alabama. You decide what you want to do. But I think Florida right. State should have been in. But if you just if you think Florida State can't win and you want to have a good playoff, all right, cool. But all that other all that other stuff, eh, I don't like it. I, I don't like it. All right, now, of course. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I mean, they earned the right to play. And if they get beat 77 nothing, they get beat. Because what did everybody say last year when TCU got matched up against Michigan? Oh, they got no chance. Michigan going to run rule. Well, TCU, and what happened? TCU lost the Big 12 championship game they put them in anyway. Dog, you know, the committee is bullshit. I'm just going to call it what it is. And that's yeah. because they change the goalposts all the time. Yeah. There's never a set criteria. Mm-hmm. It's always changing. It's ever-evolving. You can never. Hey, if y'all play a tough schedule, we'll reward you for that. Don't Florida they State played everybody, man. Don't they change the people every year, though? I don't know. They change some people, and then the but people that just, vote uh, don't know nothing about football. Yeah, it's uh, you know, man, it's a joke. Now, why are you down on Texas? Because I think Texas is a really good team. Uh, defense, the, the secondary. Um, why did he lose to OU? A little motion at the goal line got him. OU drove down there. That defense is suspect as hell. They gave up 115 quarterback, 115 yards rushing to that little left-handed quarterback from Oklahoma. What do you think Jalen Milrow committed to Jalen? The team committed to do what Jalen Milrow let Jalen Milrow do what he can do. What do you think Bama would do to them now? That defense is suspect. The secondary at Texas is suspect. I think Washington gonna gonna put put that thing on them, and that's just how I look at. It. I I don't got no animus or no hatred toward UT. I just look at it like I look at it. If you let Oklahoma do you like that, and Oklahoma really wasn't that good, what's gonna happen? I don't think they got no better. And I think another thing is the game against Kansas State. Why do you? Why do you? The, well, the game against Kansas State. Kansas State was chewing them up, and the only reason Kansas State lost is because that coach brain went numb. He went. To, he could have kicked the field goal. He had the momentum. He could have kicked the field goal, tied the game up, did OT. But on fourth and long, he decided, let me go for the touchdown. Here you go, Texas. Where they been solid at to make you think? Where you wait? Where they been solid at to make you think they've been a good team? Has the quarterback played outstanding? Uh, has the defense played? Has the special teams nah, played I, outstanding? I, where Where is it at? I look where? at I, I look at them like this. This is probably one of the more talented Texas teams that we've seen in recent uh, history. And I think they got a lot of individual. I think they got a lot of talent, and I think when they put it together, and they don't put it, they put it together for pieces at a time. They don't necessarily put it together. Um, they haven't necessarily put it together for entire games, but they put it together at various times for long stretches. Um, and so 
I think if you if they put it together for an entire game, I mean, like they did against Alabama, then they're capable of winning. Uh, nah, I, I'm gonna disagree with that because Alabama game. Let me tell you what happened to Alabama. Everybody wanted to blame that game on on Jalen Milrow. No, Alabama's sarcastic. He he knew what to do to that secondary. They broke a lot of plays against them in that secondary that's been fixed. You know, both of them teams, Alabama, Alabama and Texas had their games where they should have got their butt kicked. Texas, Alabama should have lost to Auburn. Texas should have lost to K-State. Yeah. And I'm saying right. that that first game was all Alabama secondary. Oh, they got torched in that game. I mean, i never seen that of a Nick Saban team. And everybody blamed it on Milro. And Nick Saban bought into that crap. And then he benched them and all of that stuff. And then he came back. I'm just saying, I think some things have been fixed. And how you playing right now matters as opposed to how you playing then. And so, I don't know. I just yeah. don't. I, I mean, we, we also talking about Texas. This, and we're going to find out maybe. But, you know, we're also talking about the Texas team that's coming off of 57-7 and 45-21. That's playing good, and when play, they played, who, who they uh, play? Who they? Who was fifty-seven seven? Who was that? No, nah, it was Texas Tech. Yeah, but that's right, that, Texas Tech. All right, then. That no. ain't no different than that they, ain't. No, that's no different than you playing with your food and getting beat by Auburn. I don't know. T- about Auburn that. ain't no good this year. I don't know about Auburn that. ain't no good this year. That's fine. Texas Tech is what they are. Right, they about then. the same caliber team. All right, um, yeah, you know, so hey, I think it's hey, uh, I'm going to call it right now. Washington going to carve their ass up. Michael Penix Jr. going to carve their ass up. If you see their offense, watch them watch them bunch formations and them trips and where they run their offense, that secondary going to get chewed up. I promise you. They might. No, they are. I, I don't think I said – I didn't think I said Texas was the best team to ever play the game. They ain't I good. just said Texas is a town – they not. They good. are good. How you gonna say they're not good? They went twelve and one in the raggedy ass Big Twelve. On the way out the dough, Big Twelve. Come on, man. Right. Be, let's be for real, man. Yeah. Okay. Wait till they go to SEC next year. I but told you. Year, I told year. you. I, mean, I, I told you. I done had some caffeine. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, that. I see. I don't, I don't know. You know because, and I mean, like, I think the thing with Alabama is. Uh, and this is a very nuanced thing to say. And I don't, and you know, obviously Texas has to beat Washington, and Washington is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like Michael Penix, and I like the offense and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the thing. Like, I don't know if, how many people saw this today, uh, but there was a clip of when Alabama, when Michigan saw that they were going to play Alabama. In Michigan, the, the players and families were there watching the TV uh-huh. in the big meeting room. And they showed number four, Alabama. There was a groan in the room, dog. Like, oh, shit, we got to play Alabama. Uh-huh. They beat them 38 to nothing the last time they played them. Now, here's my nuanced point. Texas, for whatever reason, and I'm not just talking about this week. I'm talking about last year when they played Alabama really well. They don't have it. I'm not saying they can beat that. They will beat Alabama. What I'm saying is they don't fear Alabama. And when you play Alabama, half the reason you can beat them is you don't fear them. Most teams fear them when they play them. So they're like, we can't. Why even show it? We, you know, it's Alabama. Texas doesn't have that about it. And so they come to play. 
And when Texas comes to play, they have the athletes who on a given day can beat you. You got to have – if you don't have – like one reason Ohio State used to get blown out whenever they played the SEC is they didn't have the athletes. No matter what you do, you can't match up with them athletically. And so you have no chance. Texas can match up with them athletically. Texas doesn't fear them. Texas has a coach who can say, let me tell you how to win. If you execute this, we can beat them. So that's all I'm saying is that Texas – and here's the other thing. You can say what you want to about them, and I'm not going to sit here and disagree with all of it because I, I haven't watched Texas enough to say this or that. I will say, ain't nobody like, oh, goody, we get to play Texas. Yeah, that should be an easy one. You know, so ain't nobody saying that. They know that you can beat Texas, Texas can be beaten, but you're going to have to show up, strap it up, and go beat them because uh, they got a lot of athletes and a lot of talent, and uh, they can be hard to deal with. That's all I'm saying. Okay, uh, they won. They quarterback yeah. one hit away from not playing. They doggone okay, secondary. Every, every quarterback no, is one no, hit not away every, from not playing. No, they not. Every quarterback is not. No, that dude is beat up. That particular guy right there is beat up right now. And his shoulder's bad, and he one hit away. Everybody quarterback ain't one hit away. You hit Jalen Monroe, he ain't one hit away. You hit Michael Penix, he ain't one hit away. That secondary is bad. I'm telling you, Oklahoma beat him with simple-ass motion. Motion and the quarterback bust their ass for one fifteen, and he ain't even that good. I'm just telling you, if you want to spy okay. Jalen, if they gonna they gonna put a spy on Jalen, that take a man out of coverage, they gonna get tore up. They got, I mean, they got to play Washington first. Well, I'm, that's uh, but I don't, a- I don't have, I don't have. I mean, that's gonna be the best game. Like I don't, I, I really think Alabama's gonna beat Michigan. Something like uh, real talk. I'm, and it's not, it's not. This is not Ohio State. Hey, this is just. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's not. All right. Uh, I don't have. I mean, I, I sat there and wondered, like, how did Iowa shut their offense down? How did Penn State shut their offense down? You know, and then Ohio State gave up thirty to them in a weird game. So, I don't. I think Alabama will will control their offense because they don't really have a passing game. They're gonna have to run the ball. And they're one-dimensional, really. And so I think Alabama beats them something like so thirty-one to ten. You don't know how they 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 they, they hung up thirty-two on on Ohio State. I mean, I watched I watched the game, but I'm saying when you look at other teams, because you know, Ohio because, State had pretty good defense. Because that game means something to both teams. There's a little more juice to that game. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, it's okay, just so what, it no, I get. It yeah, it's, 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 I mean, I get that. I understand that. That's yeah. the same reason Auburn can can hang with with Alabama. Right. But and what I'm saying is, when you don't have that against Alabama, I just don't see Michigan and that raggedy Rudy Pudas offense doing nothing. But you think uh, their defense can be fine? But you think Texas? You think Texas better than Michigan? Uh, yeah. Oh, and they say denial is a yeah, river we, in Egypt. Goodness gracious! Well, you know, it's uh, there's a reason why they play the game. So I mean, I can say whatever I say and think whatever I think. I got you. And the beauty, of, the beauty of the game is ultimately we're gonna find out on the field right. who's uh, right. who can play and who can't play. Yeah, it's always. And so, um, and and you know, and that's why I wanted Florida State to have a shot because I thought they had earned the right. I mean, they they even earned the right to do what TCU did. TCU earned the right to get beat sixty five to seven. You know what I'm saying? Okay. 
And so Florida State, uh, you know, I would have loved to see them play Michigan. I don't know that they would have won, but I bet it would have been a much more entertaining, a much closer game than people would have thought. Because, one, when you got a month off, you got time to compensate, uh, you know, a lot for uh, the things that you do well and the things that you don't. Because uh, you got to wait to put to put uh, to put in, um, you know what I'm saying. You got you can put in more. Uh, you can put in plays to compensate for what you can't do. You can hide some of your weaknesses because you got a month to work on it. So, uh, but anyway, that's not what happened. Uh, now I'm not going. A 12 team playoff will not end the bitching and moaning because next year there'll be some other nine and three team where we go. Hey, they should have been in there. But I have much like I don't get caught up in teams that get left out of the NCAA tournament. Like, dog, they put sixty-four of them in there. I ain't feeling sorry for you. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you had a stronger resume, you wouldn't have been in the sixty-four range. <laughs> so we used to get four teams in the tournament. Next time we're moving to twelve. So if you ain't in there, I ain't feeling sorry for you. Because, you know, you had it somewhere along the way. You had a shot to get in there in the game. You should have won or shouldn't have won. And uh, it is what it is. And uh, that's how I look at uh, that's how I look at that. Uh, but I think it's going to be a uh, – uh, who do you think is going to win it? Oh, Texas? No, I don't think Texas is going to win it. I think it's going to be um... – you know, you, you're on the verge of being a seven-letter cuss word with this Texas. And like I give a damn. You, you seem so. Oh, my God. Yes, Don't do that. Oh, you just going to hurt my feelings. Better go on with that mess. Uh, listen, I think it's going to be Washington, Alabama. And I'm, I'm going with the Tide. See, I think uh, I think uh, I'm with you. I think uh, I think the Tide will beat Michigan. Um, and then I think I think Washington or Texas is capable of beating Alabama because Washington is capable of beating them because they have what they got a quarterback and they got dynamic receivers. Um, and I think uh, I think it's going to be actually be really fun. Uh, I almost want to say Washington will win it all, but I, I it's hard for me to go there. I well, think at one level I think it'd be cool. There's an X huh? factor in there. Uh, Jace, Jace, Jace McClellan didn't play the other night, and he been he been balling that? all year. Jace McClellan, Jace McClellan is the kid from Alito that was their starting tailback. He didn't he hurt his foot. He didn't play. And he he warmed up. He did everything he was supposed to do, but he didn't you know pregame. But he they decided for who not, for Alabama. Oh, okay. Starting tailback. I'm sorry. Jason, we talked about him earlier in the year, but Jason McClellan is the starting tailback. He's a kid from Alito, and he didn't play the other night. Now, in a month, he'll be back, and he'll be strong. He warmed up, and he did all that other stuff that you made you think he was going to play, but he didn't play. Last right. minute, he didn't play. So that means he'll be ready come playoff time. And so that's an X factor right. right there for Alabama. And I'm just saying, you got a running game. You got your boy getting better in the passing game. You know, Georgia Georgia did a lot of tricky stuff. They tried to rush three. They tried to drop eight. They tried to do all kinds of stuff. And in the end, he found a way to get it done. And that's that's what I'm saying. When I see that type of stuff, the team get better at the end of the year, and they get to rolling like that, 
and Georgia was a little beat up. But uh, they pulled out all the tricks to try to win. But uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say road, road tide. Yeah, I mean, I, I go into this thing feeling like Alabama's uh, is the more complete team, and uh, they always gonna have a coaching advantage. And uh, this is a year where they're not quite as dominant as they've been, which I think makes them even more dangerous in a weird way. Uh, so uh, I think I think you got to roll with Alabama, but I think it's going to be a great final, whether whether it's Alabama and uh, Washington, whether it's Alabama and Texas. And I will say this: now, if Michigan somehow beats Alabama, then I have to change my opinion of Michigan and uh, give them a lot more love and respect. And then if they should beat Alabama then they just become much more – my whole view of them will change because I don't, I, don't really, uh, I don't really think they – when we talk about I'm talking about styles and fights. Like I don't think they match up well with Alabama because Alabama is what? Hard-nosed, tough, physical team. What is Michigan? Hard-nosed, tough, physical team. But I think Alabama's better at it than Michigan is. I think the quarterback – That's make my whole di- I think the quarterback can make the difference. I think J.J. Uh, McCarthy is – Kind of, he kind of playing the wrong system for his skill set, so that makes him kind of overrated when they start talking about Heisman talk. He more of an option running toward guy. If you put him, spread the ball, put him in the read, I let him do that read option, he'd be all right. But Michigan don't play that way, and they just putting him, yeah. they putting a round peg in a square hole with him. That's why I think he overrated. So I don't know. I don't. I think if it come down to the quarterback play, uh, Alabama gonna get him because you can't depend on that dude. Can't depend on J.J. McCarthy. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's uh, – I mean, I think all of that goes into it. I mean, like, if you rank the quarterbacks, I think he the fourth quarterback. It's hard to win with the fourth quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, he brings you some intangibles. Yep. But, uh, you know, still, intangibles are great until what? Until you meet talent with intangibles. So, you know, I think if you, if you rank the quarterbacks in the playoffs – he would be four, and there's a big gap between three and four. Because, so who's one? Uh, who's one? You know, probably Penix. He going to the NFL. Yep. And then uh, I would probably say uh, Alabama's guys two. Uh, Quinn Ewers is three. And then McCarthy is – there's a gap before you get to, to uh, McCarthy. Because you can say what you want to about Quinn Ewers. Uh, Quinn Ewers is uh, he's a really good quarterback yeah. but he's still a young quarterback he hadn't played a lot yeah. he inconsistent but when he's on you see why people talk about oh he's he's going to be a, a future NFL star but he's inconsistent because he's a young player and he hadn't played a lot of college football uh, you know so he can make some fantastic throws and he can make some stuff you'd be like what you doing dog yeah. Uh, but he has that talent and that ability. And so if you catch him on the night where he's on, the talent that they have, they can they can they can get up and down on you, man, and they can cause some problems for you. Uh especially when Sark is calling plays and they getting in the rhythm and all of that stuff. Um so that's why I think it's gonna be a really good college football playoff. I think once the game start, we'll let the the controversy and drama subside and won't feel like it is like it feels now. But um yeah, I think Texas pretty you know, good offense. They pretty good offensively what they do. Like I say, I Worthy, uh uh Whittington, those receivers are pretty good. 
but and the running backs are pretty good. But man, that's what I would just say. Right, right, right. That's why I say he's surrounded. Uh, he was just surrounded by a good cast, and he's a pretty good player. But I just think Texas defense is suspect. But that's just you know we'll see. We'll see. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be some good games though. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's take a trip around the block, man. On our trip around the block, which today is brought to you by our good friends at Smokey John's Barbecue, um, I wanted to talk about a couple things, man. I went to, uh, When's the last time you've been to a Texas high school college high school football game? Oh, uh, it's been a minute. Well, you know, I'm uh, I'm always reminded, man. I just think Texas high school football is just cool. The playoffs are great. Uh, Duncanville played DeSoto. They are uh, arch rivals, separated by just a couple of miles on Beltline Road in uh, DeSoto and Cedar Hill. And so I, uh, I had sent my dude a text earlier in the week. And I said, hey, man, uh, you want to go to the game? And uh, he was like, uh, you know, he, 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 treated, he treated me like a, like a college student will, will treat a kid, will treat his father. Um, he said, uh, he sent me a text back. He said, yeah, I'm going to go to the game. Let me check with my two boys. And see what they're doing because they said they wanted to go too, and then I'll let you know. And I started to tell him, hey, dog, ain't nobody backup playing. I'm going anyway. But I didn't say that because he's my son and he, you know, he tries to tries to be a good kid. But uh we went to the game, man, and it was uh it was cool, man. I just think Texas high school football is just a different kind of experience when you get uh packed stadium. All the pageantry involved with it, and then you see the athletes and some and some guys you'll see on Sundays. Because my son was talking, man, and these are guys who were in the program when he was in the program at DeSoto. He's like, "Yeah, I think Byron Murphy played for Texas." He said, "I think he's going into the draft next year." And he mentioned three or four guys who played at DeSoto. One of them is the starting cornerback for Washington, and uh, you know, just, just to kind of be around that kind of environment where. You played in the same program, and you know guys who are going to the league, and uh, you kind of follow their stats and you follow their careers uh, just to see how your boys are doing, and uh, it's it's all kind of cool. But the uh, the game was good, at least initially. I was really stunned by Desoto's. Uh, I don't know, stunned is the right word. Desoto's uh, talent, man. Like DeSoto, like Cedar Hill was hanging with them. DeSoto's undefeated right now. They won a state championship last year. Uh, Cedar Hill went into the playoffs around five and five. Now they seven and five, eight and five. Uh, but dog, at one point it was uh, six to two because they blocked the extra point and ran it back for a touchdown or a two point conversion. And then this is how it went, man. It went something like. Uh, DeSoto scored on a long touchdown. Then, listen listen to me now. DeSoto intercepted, defensive tackle, intercepted the pass and ran it back like one yard for a touchdown. And then, uh, I think uh, they got another, uh, 
Then they ran an interception back from a linebacker, ran an interception back about 20 yards for a touchdown. Cedar Hill scored to make it something like 24 to 10. Then they took the kickoff back for a touchdown. And I just looked at my son. I said, you know, the problem with playing DeSoto is they got so many athletes and so many different ways to score. It's just hard to keep up with them, dog. They scored 50, 60 points on the regular, man. And I think the final score was something like 59-17 because we left midway through the third quarter because it's getting a little chilly out there and we wanted to beat the traffic back. But uh, we're going to check out the game next week. DeSoto is playing South Lake Carroll and Allen. I think it's at like 2 o'clock. And uh, that should be a great game. South Lake Carroll lost its only game to uh, Byron I don't forget the man's name now. Who's the great golfer? Byron Nelson. Byron Nelson. High school. Byron Nelson High School. They lost to them in or during the regular season six weeks ago. And I can't remember what the score was, but dog. South Lake beat them, I think, 59 to 7. And they had been undefeated at that point. So South Lake clearly playing their best football right now. Uh DeSoto has been playing great football. And so this should be an epic game. I'm going to pick DeSoto to win, but I bet you the score when these two teams get together is probably going to be something, like, and I'm not even exaggerating, dog, something like 49-42, something like that. Uh, because the South Lake is going to score some points. And then DeSoto got so many athletes, man, it's just hard to keep them off the board. Uh, but having one state championship, I think they'll play with a lot of confidence, and uh, I see them uh, figuring out a way to win. Yeah, the uh, Soto, but, uh, the Soto, but that's my high school. They always got athletes out there. You and my son played. They played them in seven on seven. We was out on the other side of the world, and, and Joshua and all of that tearing everybody up. And they we, they started smelling themselves. They thought they was good. Well, guess what? We ran into Soto in the seven on seven tournament. Now you know what speed right. looked like and discipline looked like. Athleticism and discipline look like. See, they never ran into nobody that was more athletic than him, so they wasn't as disciplined. Right. But DeSoto taught them that day. Yeah, it was. It yep. was. It was watching. It was crazy watching them young men get humbled after they talk trash on to everybody on this side of the world. <laughs> well, that's um, that's the difference in this DeSoto and what DeSoto's had in the past. Uh, Claude Mathis got them playing Like one of the things I noticed uh, There was only like A handful of penalties And when I say a handful I mean like I only remember DeSoto being penalized Once or twice in the two and a half Quarters we watched Um, They got a kicking game Uh, This is no joke Because my son said Hey you know the kicker been on the team Since he was a freshman And you know I always wondered why teams didn't do that You know exactly what they did dog they went right over there to the soccer team and said, hey, who over here would like to play football? They found him a kicker, and that dude is good from about 45 yards and in. Dang. And really, when you're, play, when you're a program like DeSoto, you don't even care about that. What you want is, can you make the extra points and all the field goals, you know, 35 yards and in that you're supposed to make? And he, that kicker does that. So there's not going to be a situation where, oh, we can beat them, you know, 21-20 because they missed an extra point. Or, you know how it was back in the day. You played Kimball, and they started having to go for two 
because they couldn't make no extra points. Yeah. So, you know, the special teams are good. They got talent all over the field. And uh, they, they, you know, they're a hard team to beat. And don't forget, they beat, Duncan, they beat the hell out of Duncanville this year by, you know, something like 41-14, something like that. I mean, they just destroyed them. That's the only game Duncanville's lost, and Duncanville's also in the state semifinals. So that's a little bit of what DeSoto is about. And uh, But the whole high school football experience, man, it's just – in Texas, it's cool. I've been to some other places, and it's all right. But in Texas, it's always special. Well, you, so know, what they say, out you there know what they and, say about uh, Texas, right? They say we build a what? football stadium and then put a high school behind it. Pretty much. Is that if we get ready to head out to the sixty million dollar stadium that Allen built? <laughs> well, you know, I played Division Two football uh, and uh, well NIA football and Division Three a little bit, and uh, a lot of them facilities was uh, terrible compared to Texas. Some of the stadiums I played no. in, in Texas, yeah. No, here's some real talk, man. Uh, now this is real talk, meaning this is a real transition. Um, cause, uh, you know, you talk to my dudes, teammates when they, who were older him when they came back. Hey man, that's exactly right. When you talk to those guys, if they're not going D1, they would be like, man, we had better facilities at DeSoto yep. than at the place I'm at now. And if they went small school, it was definitely better. Um, and it's just wild to think that, you know, in Texas, we put such an emphasis on it that the things that these kids, you know, thinking normal for probably, high school is probably like some schools you saw in the swag. Oh, you think you? I, I guarantee. You, I'm, not, I'm not. Again, I'm not throwing shade. Yeah. Uh, Desoto got better facilities in Jackson State. Oh, I believe because who didn't? Who? Which one it's of those like, schools didn't have a trainer? What Texas high school uh, don't have don't, a trainer? Oh. Was it yeah, Alcorn? no, that was Alcorn State. There you for go. A while. Yeah, they so, had to go to Care now and stuff so like no. that. Yeah, so uh, so that's how it is. Um, I did want to give you guys a uh, update on my aromatherapy. Oh, yeah. Because my house has a has a. <laughs> 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 I mean, while we doing the show, I mean the wonderful smell of roasted vanilla bean is wafting through the house. There's black currant cherry in the bathroom. Uh, and I got some uh, lavender waiting for me in my uh, in my mailbox that I haven't picked up yet. I'm telling you, man. I was telling my son when we were talking about it because he was laughing at me because I sent him a picture of some candles I had uh, going. It's just that uh, it relaxes you, man. Puts you in a certain mindset of relaxation that uh, that I like to be in. Uh, but you know, I went and bought some candles the other day. I haven't done this in a while. But it's all part of my aromatherapy thing. And the thing about candles is you have to, it's, and I, I'm taking it, I'll, I'll take uh, suggestions if you guys got places for me to go get some candles that actually smell, that burn like they smell. Because a lot of times you can buy candles, and if you don't buy good candles, they burn, but they don't smell like nothing. They smell like wax, or the scent is not powerful enough. So my man, Newey Scruggs, had told me the other day, he said, hey, man, uh, go to uh, Bath and Body Works And they got really good candles Get you a couple And that'll give you what you're looking for So I went and picked up a couple Now they were expensive man They're like $25 for a candle 
But I burnt them. I was like, all right, this is good. And so I told him, I said, hey, man, I followed your advice. I got these candles. I'm burning them. They're great. He said, have you really already started burning them? I said, yeah. He said, oh, too bad, man, because they go on sale on uh, Friday. I said, for how much? He said, $10. I said, are you trying to tell me the candles I bought today for $25 is going to be $10 on Friday? He's like, yep. I said, well, damn. Uh, huh. Maybe I'll see if I can go buy a couple more. Dog, can I tell you something? I decided because I was out and about Friday. I said, oh, let me stop by the candle, I mean by Bath and Body Works while I'm already out because I was out early. They opened at 10. Dog, why was there a line at the spot to get in there at 10 o'clock? People wanted their candles, man. And uh, so it's pretty crowded in there. I went over there off of Mockingbird Lane. But I have my candles, man. I got a few different kinds. And let me just tell you, man, as I'm doing this show, I've never been more relaxed. I thought you'd be happy to know that. Uh, I'm, a, I'm ecstatic, man. <laughs> this, me- this message has been approved by Jacques Taylor. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's... Uh, I just want to tell you about my aromatherapy. I advise, I encourage y'all, get some candles. If that's, you know, burn some incense. Get some fragrance, some scent in your house. Now, here's what you got to do. You got to burn enough that you can really smell it. You know, it's like putting oil in my aromatherapy thing. You got to put enough oil in there that you can really smell it so it can have the effect that you want. So try that, and then let me know how it works for you. I'm really interested. Uh, that should that should conclude this trip around the block. I'm sure Joe is happy now. I've given y'all my aromatherapy update. Yeah, I, I, got, uh, I, do, I do my own uh, uh, type of aromatherapy. What you do, man? I got a table. I get a towel. Yes. I get yeah. my gun oil, and I and I I take that AR-15 apart, and I put it back together. I break it down. I put it back together. The smell of that oil in that breach, it relaxes me like that doggone whatever that whatever that what is that? Them drops in that thing, same thing. Oh, it's okay. different. It's just what? different. Different strokes for different folk. I promise so you. AR fifteen prom- oil. The, the 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 break free or whatever you want to use. It's just when you hear that boat go forward and you pull it back, hear that boat go forward. That's relaxing right there. I mean, I ain't got to worry about nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Just. Yeah, we, we may have a, uh, I'm talking about going to the gun range, so we may have a gun range story for y'all in a few weeks. Maybe. Uh, I need to get back. Uh, you know, one of the great things was uh, we went one time, and I was told after I shot, he said, see, now you see how ridiculous it is when, when Tom Cruise got a gun in each hand, running up and down and hitting people between the eyes. Yeah, it's like yeah, from about a hundred meters <laughs> with a three eighty. Yeah, 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 all of that perfect shot. So uh, we may have we may have some 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 stories from the gun range or John, uh, or John Wick. John Wick. Everybody wait for John Wick to kill him one at a time. You know what I'm saying? I, I they like just that. being they just being polite. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust me, <laughs> trust me. I ain't waiting on John Wick. John Wick grab you. I'm shooting both y'all. I'm taking you to the hospital. <laughs> That's how we right, gonna do that. Uh, 
Uh, around the block, trip around the block this week was presented uh, by friends over there at Smokey Jams Barbecue. I tried to get the jam session bowl to uh, Joe this week. It didn't work out. We'll what? try again. What day uh, was it? Coming, I mean, you know, I was trying to come Friday, but I think you had you had some appointments Friday morning. There you so go. I get to you. Gotcha. Uh, so we're gonna try again this week. I'm thinking. I don't know. Let me just shut up. Uh, we're gonna try it again. Oh, it's this gonna, week. It's gonna happen. Ideas. It's gonna happen because it sounds good. Trust me. It's sound. I'm, yeah. I'm be ready nah, when we get a, here. I'm gonna be ready because it sounds good. Now Tuesday might work. Uh, Tuesday might actually work. But uh, no, nah, I don't know. I gotta check your schedule. But uh, you know, the thing about it is, it's the jam session bowl. The reason why it sounds so good. It's a bowl, and it's got uh, either mashed potato base or mac and cheese base. And then, after that, you get your choice out of two out of five smoked meats. Joe says he thinks he wants to double brisket. I rock with the brisket and the sausage. And then all the stuff that you find on a loaded baked potato, you know, the sour cream, the chives, the bacon bits, the butter, the cheese, all of that good stuff, all of that. That's what they put on top of it, man. And then you either drench it in the sauce or you drizzle the sauce on it. Either way, it's fantastic. It's a, it's a huge bowl. It's enough for two. Very easy. Uh, if you got a little shorty, three, y'all can kill it. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, now, you can also go to SmokeyJohns.com, click on Marketplace, and you can have the rub or the sauce that Matt used to drink out the bottle. Matt McLaren, my former partner, he used to drink it out the bottle. You can have that delivered to your house in a couple of days. Uh, you can also find a rub on the shelves at HEB in uh, Frisco. So check it out. Smokey John's Barbecue. It is to live for. It's delicious in your mouth. And remember, it's on the secret menu, so nobody knows about it. You got to ask for it. It ain't on the menu. You have to ask for it. But uh, that's Smokey John's Barbecue. I love it. We're trying to get Joe a bowl. Hopefully, we can make it happen this week. Um, before we wrap up, man, the question of the day is, now that the Cowboys got what they want, which is Philadelphia Eagles coming to town with first place on the line, coming off a 41-35 win over the Seattle Seahawks, how do you feel about the Dallas Cowboys? Man, when they when they when they come when they when they play like they did the other night, it just got everybody fired up, man. It it was it was just great. I feel I'm you know what I'm I'm buying in. I can't even I'm not going to even fight it no more. If if I'm disappointed at the end of the season, the hell with it. It don't matter. But you got to buy in hundred percent. Sometimes I'm I'm all in with the Cowboys because they. They barely won the other night. They came back the other night. They played with so much energy. Um, Jake Ferguson, Dak, we got attitude on offense, man. Jake, Jake trips me out, man. Jake, Jake ain't no punk, man. That's all I can say. Jake, Jake, Jake ain't taking no. He ain't taking no no noise from nobody. The first down, he put the hand in the face and he bumping face masks with people. Uh, <laughs> he clowned uh, he clowned Jamal Adams, didn't even care. You know, caught the touchdown, looked at him like, what you want to do? You know what I'm saying? That's right. You know, that's what makes you get excited about a football game. It's the characters on your team. Whether you watching, playing, whatever, I like to see that type of stuff. I'm going to say that Jake Ferguson the keeper, man. 
just on just based on his potential, his attitude, and what he brings to our team. I like that. Nah, he's a uh, he looks like he's a really good player, uh, and it looks like um, how do I, I mean he just he looks to me like I had to stock the other day. He looks to me like a ten year cowboy. Like yeah. I don't think he's yeah. a guy. Yeah, I don't think he's a guy they will let leave after his fourth. You know, because he's a second round, he a fourth round pick. So, uh, you know, he doesn't have a fifth year or fifth year option. Uh, you're not going to tag him. I think uh, because of the kind of player he is, and that's what I mean. Like Dalton, Dalton Schultz was productive, even though I didn't like him personally. He was a productive player, and he'd been productive in Houston. But Jake Ferguson gives you the same type of production. Really, he does. But he gives you far superior blocking, and he also gives you swag and attitude Mm -hmm. that Dalton Schultz didn't give you. And swag and attitude in a macho, in a, in a sport filled with machismo like football matters. Now, it's not the end-all, be-all. You can't have machismo, but you can't really play. But when you can play and you got that swag, you can bring something to your team and you can help elevate them at a given moment. And I think that's important. And I think, uh, like, we, like Jake Ferguson to the point, like, we didn't even talk the fact that he hurled this dude the other day. He did it last like, year. Like, you don't see a lot of... T- he did it last I year. I mean, but you just don't see it. I know, but, I mean, people act like that's normal for tight ends. That's really not it's normal not. for tight ends to be running around here hurdling folks. But that's when I knew and he And clearing might, them like no problem. That's when I knew he might be that guy just to attempt that last year. I said, well, whoa, what are you doing? Oh, okay. I'm right. just saying, he, when he wasn't yeah. supposed to be nobody, he was doing them type of things. But it's like you said, when you intangibles meet talent, see... That's what you. That's what you're talking about. That's your example right there. Right. You know, and, and the right. only thing I think would keep him from being a ten-year cowboy is somebody else get their eye on him and they want to pay that stupid money. That's that's the only way they they price him out yeah. of the Dallas like that. You know, hopefully they leave well, him alone. Yeah. I was gonna say, you know, the only thing with that is one is they could bring him an extension after his third year, and then yep. you don't have to worry about it. Yep. But two is. You know, the market is the market. So, like, I can look at what other people make right now, and I can tell you, hey, here's what CD Lamb is going to make uh, within a pretty good ballpark figure. And so you can do the same thing with Jake Ferguson. Like, okay, here's where you are. Here's where you should be. Here's what the top tight ends in the game make. Here's where you compare to them. Here's where we think you are. Here's what we'll make. So, um, yeah, but I think they'll take care of him. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so, you know, man, I think he's important to Dak. I think he's important to the offense because, you know, Dak liked throwing to the tight end the way I like throwing to the tight end on, on college football. And so uh, he's an important part of the offense. And once you find one that's really good, you know, uh, I think you keep him around, like I said, again, for his intangibles and the stuff that he well, brings. He's he tough but also. He's a pretty tough guy. I, I think That's they, what I mean. Yeah, he's very tough. Um, no, I, I tell you what, not to interrupt you, but one of the things I want to say was they need to keep – they need to make sure that they can get 88 the ball when they want to get 88 the ball. And they start doing that. They did that against a good defense the other day. They got them the ball in space. They got them the ball inside. They got them the ball on the reverse. And I don't think people realize, or maybe they forgot, or people, maybe you know already, maybe people know already, but CeeDee Lamb is one of the toughest, skinniest guys you'll ever see. 
I mean, he tough. He'll tell you that if you talk to him. Yeah. Well, remember, he used to do the reverses and the punt return. I mean, that dude is strong. He's strong. For yeah. No, we had a conversation guy. about that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Because uh, we, we were talking about contact. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, no, I don't mind contact, you know. Uh, he said, no, nah, contact don't bother me at all. I kind of like it to a certain point. Um, so, no, nah, he's. So no, nah, he's a. Uh, they're doing. A, this is a different Cowboys team than we saw. I mean, over the last six, we, we know it because they're winning, but they're playing a little differently. And uh, this is a huge game for them. And I'm not talking about just in the standings. Uh, I don't use the term lightly, but to me, it's a it's a must win kind of game for your psyche. Uh, you've been like, if you look at the positives, is okay. You win the game if you when you play Philly. Okay, you're tied for first place. You've also, you know, won uh, 15 straight at home if you beat them. And all these other things keep stacking. If you were to lose the game, the psychological fallout would, to me, would be, well, damn. We done played the two of the top teams in the NFC three times. We 0-3. They end, we, we're killing people at home. We destroy people at home. And they just ended up winning street. Da-da-da-da-da. There's a lot of negatives if you lose psychologically to me. And um, what did I always tell y'all? Not that I'm breaking news. The desperate home team is a real thing to me. And so, uh, you know, I think Seattle was desperate last week uh, because of the way their schedule stacked up, the way they sat in the, in the uh, wild card race. I think you got their best shot. Uh, because of that, I think Dallas is desperate to beat Philadelphia, tie, tie the division, really put themselves in a position to, uh, to do some things. And so I think you'll get a very focused, very concerted effort to uh, to put it all together and win. Well, and for you, me, the key to the game. Huh? If, you be, if you believe in uh, 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 I, I'm on, we're going to run our race, then you shouldn't be easily broken by a loss to Philadelphia. Know what? Take that and depend on how. If you lose the Philadelphia, depend on how you lose it. It depend on if you get blowed out or you lose it at the last minute. The Philadelphia, the the Seahawks game shows you how much they learned in the Philadelphia game because they melted down when the pressure was great in the Philadelphia game, and they hung in there. On it wasn't now they not as good a team, but it was the same situation where they hung in there and they did what they were supposed to do. I was. I was proud of the team when they came back and uh, took the lead. And I remember sitting there going, well, number four did his job today. You know, it ain't number four. Ain't no folding in pressure for them, the, the doggone offense this time. Not at all. So that's just my thoughts. Yeah, I just think it's, I just think it's so much at stake that uh, losing, whether you're running your race or not, uh, they all human. They all know the ramifications. They just have a negative uh, feedback. But that's a uh, that's a hypothetical. We'll see what happens because um, you know the beauty of sports is you got to play the games. I think the uh, I think I think the X factor this week is uh, is Tony Pollard. He's been playing. He's been running a lot better lately. Maybe uh, you know you talk about the toss play. Maybe they have found get him outside the plays yeah. that. In, yeah, maybe maybe they found the plays in this revamped offense that worked best for him, that suit best for him. But Philadelphia gave up 146 yards on the ground this week. We know they can throw the ball, the Cowboys. Um, but at some point against the Eagles, you're going to have to run it to uh, run the clock out, to pick up some tough yards, to score in the red zone. 
And I think Tony Pollard probably needs to have 75, 80 yards rushing uh, for them to get it done against Philadelphia. And I think uh, they're better suited at this particular time than do it than at any other time this season. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's, it's, the key is to get him outside. I don't know why they keep banging him like that, running him up inside like that because he's not going to break. But the toss play at, like, what, the two or the one where he found a crease? Tony is that guy when yeah. he's he, he not a one-cut guy. He that guy when he says, okay, bam, 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 accelerate. I'm through the hole. I'm up the field. It's all good. You want to you keep running off tackle? Let Rico do that. Define what they do. And, you know, you you, you get the best uh, production out of them. That's what I think. Yeah, well, he had 12 for 51 uh, the last time they played. Uh, Dak had 374 yards passing, three touchdowns. Um, so, you know, we'll see what, what they do. But we know they play great at home. Um, uh, I expect them to win it. I expect them to look good doing it. I mean, dude. Uh, in the last six games, they've scored 43-23, I mean, that sounds like college games, man. It's ridiculous. Uh, I understand it's about the playoffs, but, you know, they have now won six out of seven. Uh, they're playing good football. Well, breaking one nine, you got to come back. Well, you know, it wouldn't be a show if we didn't have some technical difficulties. But that's how it goes every now and then on Shock Talk. (laughs) Uh, Drives Joe crazy. But this time, I was literally not at fault. Uh, You know, I'm an innocent bystander here. But uh, that's this week's show, so it it just happened a bit this time. We're always presented by uh, Grinning Law. Uh, Remember, if you're ever involved in an accident and it's not your fault, Give the folks at Grinning Law a call, 972-934-8900. You can follow me on Twitter at JJT Journalist. And this is a great time to pick up the book, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders and the Making of Man, Making of Men. I spent the uh, 2022 season with prime time with total access to the program. Remember, please subscribe, rate, review. It helps us and it helps us serve, uh, serve you better. So until we chat again, y'all be blessed.